to Gen Gap Cast Podcast, the podcast that takes a look at topics from the generation and the gender point of view. I'm Wade, I'm the dad. I'm Megan, I'm the daughter. And today we're going to talk about traditions. Tradition. Tradition. See, I, I, I had to do the Fiddler on the Roof. And I told you I will fit at least one song to every episode, I, so. I, I'm impressed. Can I'm impressed. check that off my list. Mazel tov. Okay, so traditions, Megan. Traditions. Uh, what is what are? Let's let's start that again. What are traditions to you? Ooh, that's a very good question. I thought so as well. Traditions to me are, well, before I did my research and looked up the uh, definition of traditions, as my millennials, my millennial peeps will understand. <laughs> I did the Google. Uh, traditions to me were. Like, almost I want to say rituals. Okay. And usually based in religion. So, So like, to me, traditions would be like, you know. Baptism? That, like, lighting the menorah, like, lighting the candles on the menorah for the Jewish religion. Right. Um, I don't know, like, maybe decorating the Christmas tree at Christmas or, like, going around doing family caroling which should never be a thing oh absolutely should be a thing depends on the family i guess so so traditions for you are more steeped in religion um and possibly organizations than just in in general yes that was my was that your upbringing i'm gonna have to say probably because i really Maybe it was just me and my lack of understanding because it didn't seem important to me, therefore why was it relevant. But I can't really recall anything that I would I would have named a tradition. Interesting. So, uh, you know, we had Christmas. We had things that we did every year for Christmas. We had things that we did every year for the 4th of July. Uh, birthdays. Um, those... I would consider those traditions because they were something that we did on a regular basis that, um, you know, we included uh, either people, you know, within our family or even outside of our family. Did you not see those as traditions? Um, I never really thought about them. I think that might be like, because they happen so often, I kind of, I don't want to say took them for granted, but I just expected them to happen, but I didn't like click in my mind that oh that's what a tradition is it was just a thing that happened every year (laughs) so what about some of the other social traditions um like you know tipping that's a social tradition i didn't see that as tradition at all i just saw that as something that we did like i didn't know that tipping was like almost a strictly american thing yeah trick-or-treating stuff like that those are normal traditions for us and uh, I think that um, I, I, I don't see the traditions being carried on uh, f- with this new generation. Um, I feel like some traditions are being carried on, but I don't think that my generation, again, considers them traditions. It's just 
ways we were brought up. Like with tipping, with smiling at strangers when you pass them. Like the Super Bowl, that's still going on. That is still going on, but this year was the lowest rating in like 10 years. So again, there's, I don't know if the tradition continues, but the interest is starting to wane. Yeah, maybe. Like, I can see that. Why do you think that is? I feel like for one, especially like with the Super Bowl and other like entertainment-based traditions, entertainment has changed so much that what were traditions in your generation are changing because our entertainment has changed. But that's for a different episode. Basically, what I feel like is changing is, I don't want to say how society works, but I guess kind of how society works now. Okay, so now that we've established what a tradition is or is not, let's talk about the importance of traditions. So, you know, when I was brought up, or when I was growing up, I should say, uh, we had some very strong traditions in our family. Uh, We had some very strong traditions in our community. Um, and those traditions were the continuation from traditions from generations past. Mm-hmm. So the Fourth of July, uh, you know the uh, you know the things that we would do during the summer, uh, getting together in the winter time to celebrate holidays. Uh, those are things that were you know continuing to be part of our our societal and family makeup and they were important to us they they created community for us mm-hmm. um again do you uh, do you think that traditions are starting to become less important with your generation um or do you see that new generations or new traditions are being formed i would say more new traditions are being formed why well, because we we've changed like our my generation is not the same as your generation so what you guys felt was super important like getting to get like your family getting together every thanksgiving despite you know whatever may be going on your family always got together for thanksgiving that was a tradition but now if we look right to my generation and today's traditions we have Friendsgiving, which is... Friendsgiving? Yeah. Did you just say Friendsgiving? It's a thing. Okay. Is it a thing? Or yes. Or did you just make that up right now? No, it's a it's an actual thing. It's, a, it's actually a really big thing. Okay. A lot of people... So tell me about Friendsgiving. Friendsgiving is basically having Thanksgiving, but with your chosen family or your friends. Okay. So, for instance, my best one of my best friends, Jordan... He told me, like, a week after Thanksgiving this year, he's like, next year we are having a Friendsgiving. I don't care if it's on Thanksgiving. I don't care if it's the next day, the day before. He wants to have a Friendsgiving because he does not necessarily enjoy Thanksgiving with his family. Got it. Okay. So, well, okay. Um, Thanksgiving with family is is not supposed to be enjoyable. It's just what you do, damn it. And, And again, I think that's what tradition's all about. It's, you know, it's what you do. Well... Why? Why, I don't, for lack of a better term, suffer through things that make you unhappy just for the sake of continuing something that makes you unhappy? But that's tradition. Okay, but does it have so to be? I, these are all great questions, and I'd like, I'd like to explore them more with you during the episode here, but I'm, 
I guess what I'm trying to um, you know, establish is that traditions exist to, um, to provide continuity, to provide for, um, uh, you know, it's, it's the, the pass down from father to son, from mother to daughter, right? It's that continuity in, between the generations. There's, there is importance in tradition. And I think you find it in, in different cultures. I think traditions are stronger in like the Jewish religion. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, that is a, that is a, a, a religion and a people that are founded on tradition. Yeah. Right. And uh, I think that you also have, you know, uh, family traditions that, that pass down from generation to generation. Um, so I think, again, uh, it's just interesting to me to, to hear that, that, uh, you know, Friendsgiving is, is now becoming a thing because I don't, yeah. All right. Well, I'm going to offer a counter to that. What's that? If, why can't traditions change? Why can't they be altered? I think that I think that they can change, and that they dare say should change. Uh, I'm just trying to get to the 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 understanding of why do traditions change? Why well, do you think traditions change, Meg? I think traditions change because values have they changed. Okay, so talk to me more about that because. I can definitely see values changing between mm-hmm. the generations and also uh, with new gender roles and new gender definitions, values are changing. Yeah. So let's go back to the Thanksgiving example, because that's something a lot of people in America and in, dare I say, Canada, because they have Thanksgiving. It's just you in October dare say that, yes. because they're Canadians. But it's not for the same reason. No, no, it's not. They do because they do it because of Columbus and we do it because... We, we're not going to get into that cultural appropriation. It's awesome. So with Thanksgiving, my generation is definitely more aware of cultural appropriation, or I don't want to say more aware, but is more vocal about it. And so they feel like the tradition of Thanksgiving or why it's celebrated should change or morph. Because okay. we don't have the same values or we may not necessarily believe the reasons behind certain traditions should stand. Interesting. And hmm, where do I want to go with this? Because there's there's um, so many ways. I know. <laughs> I'm getting caught up in all the ways. Um, do you think that that changing traditions you know, is is what's the downside to it? Right, because I, I I hold on to my traditions very tightly. Right, uh, you know this. Christmas time is like clockwork. Fourth of July, clockwork. Yes. You know, you don't have to ask what are we doing for these things because you already know because it's what we do, and there's comfort in that. And maybe that's because I'm you know older than you and I'm looking for more comfort in my life and less change. So you would say you're a creature of habit? I think, yes. That's a good way of putting it. I think I'm a creature of habit, and there's there's safety in that. That makes sense. But for people, for others, 
traditions may not offer that sense of comfort. It may offer a sense of dread. Okay. Because let's... What are some of the traditions that you dread? I don't really have any traditions that we dread. Okay, so what what are some traditions that your friends dread? We've already talked about Thanksgiving with Jordan. Thanksgiving. Right. Um, I have some family members that kind of dread the Christmas time of year because I'm going to use my friend Kenzie and her fiancé, Bri. Not fiancé. Husband. Husband. They got married. Uh, Christmas is very tumultuous for them because Bryce, you know, Bryson's mom um, has her traditions. Right. And if they don't go along with them, she throws a big hissy fit. Right. Whereas Kenzie's parents also have their traditions. So, and a lot of the time they feel like they have to choose one or the other. So I feel like. So why don't they start their own tradition then? Well, that wouldn't that be breaking the traditions they've known? Yes, it absolutely would. But the question still stands. Why don't they start their own? Because they, I feel like they feel that they have to follow their family's traditions because their tradition. Right. So standing on tradition, right? So that's mm-hmm. uh, that's always been the the rub. There is that you you want to do those things because they they're important. Right there, yes. there's uh, there's gravity there, um, but then you th- start to think about it. Like this year, we didn't travel around to relatives for Christmas. We decided that we were going to stay, uh, you know, in, at our house. And if somebody wanted to come see us, they could come to us. And that was that was a break in tradition, and it felt weird, and it you know because it was change. But uh, at the same time, I kind of liked it. I did too. Awesome. That's also just because I don't like being around people. <laughs> Anti-social so, for the win. Awesome. So let's uh, let's take a break here uh, and come back and talk a little bit more about traditions and possibly um, you know introduce some of the more gender-based traditions that we have in our culture, in our society, and how those are changing as well. Sounds good to me. Okay, see you on the other side. And we are back. Yes, we are. So... We are going to dive right into it, and we are going to start talking about gender-based traditions. Yeah, so what are some gender-based traditions that you can think of for girls? Oh, so many things. There's the Sweet 16. Okay, and the... Quinceanera for... Bat bat mitzvah for... Bat mitzvah. Bar bar mitzvahs? No, bars for boys, bars for girls. I just wanted to make sure. I'm trying to be inclusive here. Coming of age. What about shaving legs? <laughs> shaving your armpits. Yeah, that usually comes around the time the a woman hits puberty. Well, so let's talk about that. So uh, there is a rise in uh, tradition when uh, a girl gets her menstruation cycle. I've not heard about this, but I'm sure I'm about to learn. Well, I don't know much about it. Uh, I just know that 
Um, growing up, you didn't talk about, I mean, we got the maturation program in sixth grade. Oh, I remember those. Do those you remember so that? Awkward. Oh, so much fun. For girls, I have no, it was like black magic. It was like, you know, you guys went into a room and you came out full of knowledge. And <laughs> the boys, we went into a room and we saw like this little video about where, you know, hair growing in certain places and certain urges and something about sperms and eggs. And that was about it. I mean, it was, <laughs> you're, you're now equipped for, for manhood. Yay. Uh, like for girls, ours was mostly based on you're going to bleed. You're, g- <laughs> you're going to bleed. Okay. And here's how you should be able to track when you're going to bleed. Yeah. It might not always be accurate because your body hates you and it's punishing you for not being pregnant. Right. But you can try. Yeah. So there's a lot of tradition built around coming of age. Right. I mean, there there are tribes in Africa that... Uh, have all kinds of rituals. Uh, I mean, there are, there are rituals all over the world that are tied to coming of age. Why do you think that's so important? I honestly don't know. I don't know why, like, for certain cultures or for even people in America, what, why is it so important that... At a certain age, you are now a man. Well, I think it's because you can bear children. You can create life. I that mean, is... Talk about a responsibility and a, and, a, and a capability that is worthy of some form of ritual, some form of, of ceremony, of, of celebration. I know a lot of... Ce- um, I know... I, know I, blah, blah, I can speak words. There are a lot of traditions around male coming of age but i don't know if i haven't heard of a lot of about women's coming of age um there are well there are (laughs) there are some positive traditions um like the like you just mentioned the quinceanera i don't know if i'm pronouncing that correctly i apologize quinceanera i believe i think that is that the bat mitzvah um, to name just a couple, because and and there are uh, others. Sweet sixteen. Sweet sixteen, absolutely. Uh, but that's more, I don't know, something about the age of sixteen. It's not necessarily coming of age. I feel like kind of in a way it is because you're sixteen. You're more mature than you once were. You're of marrying age. You're of marrying age. And I think that's what it's really kind of steeped in is, is that tradition of presenting a potential bride out to her male suitors. Now, there's also some not-so-great traditions like circumcision, both female and male. Uh, yeah. And, mm, you know, no. that is basically... used. Well, there, there was a, a belief that, uh, you know, it was done for health purposes, for male, for men, for boys. It was done for health purposes. Uh, that has long since been debunked, uh, that you can have a... A healthy life and not be circumcised, but yet we still do it, right? I mean, as a culture, we still do it. Well, I feel like it's kind of because it's tradition. Yeah, like I mean, and we don't really think about it. It's like what we're supposed to do. I mean, if I had a boy, which I don't have, all girls, but if I had a boy, and the also doc- thank you for not getting me circumcised. Well, that's. <laughs> 
that's completely different, right? Um, <laughs> Carbolic acid. Yeah. So, you know, but if I had a boy and the doctor showed up or the nurse showed up and said, do you want to circumcise, you know, have them cir- circumcised? My instinct would be yes, because I am circumcised, because my father was circumcised, and I believe his father, right? I mean, it's, it's tradition. It's what we do. And I wouldn't even think about it. Um, and now, uh, with everything that's come out around it, I'm thinking about it, right? Why, why, as a culture, do we believe it's a good thing to do that to a small child? Well... I know where, like, the belief first really started. For the last few generations, I really just think it's because, well, that's what mine looks like, so that's what his should look like. Right. Whereas the tradition started because people thought that if you cut off the foreskin, you would reduce the chance of male masturbation. It would reduce pleasure. Oh, interesting. I did not know that. Yes. Also, Henry Kellogg, the creative Kellogg cereal, was a huge proponent of... Both male and female circumcision. Yeah. So just remember that next time you're eating your cornflakes. Thank you very much. You're welcome. I will not be eating cornflakes anytime soon. So oh, I will. We have a number of societal and religious traditions as we've already established. Yes. But going back to the gender-based tradition. So for men, I think they're far fewer, right? Circumcision is one. Uh, what else? I mean, I, from, from a men's, man's perspective, what do you know of our traditions? Um, I say probably men, boys, men, whatever you want to call them at that age of like 14. They're like, yeah. okay, you can start to look around to date. So like, I feel like they have so the like, whole dating thing. Yeah. I feel like, I don't know. I think for girls, it's a little more, oh, you have to wait till a certain age today. Well, as like when a boy hits puberty and his interest in girls is like, that's great, champ. You go out and look and find yourself a little girlfriend. So there's, you know, there's a tradition of group dates, right? At, at age 14, boys and girls can go out on group dates, but they can't single date until they're 16. And I don't know if that's, you know, it's a tradition here in where we live based upon the predominant religion that is here where we live. Um, but uh, I suspect that's across the country, possibly in other cultures as well, that from a dating perspective, you've got to wait till you're 16, sweet 16, you know, that that kind of, of thing. Yeah, I can see that. I mean, I didn't really grow up with a lot of... Tr- like knowledge of dating traditions probably because i didn't date right until i was 18 but you have your friends yeah i had friends that went on dates and but yeah it's it's a little strange from like you can quote unquote kind of date like from 14 to 15 but it's not like considered actually dating like until you're around 16 until then it's just like oh they're just they're being cute and they like each other they have a crush on each other but like as soon as you turn 16 dating is a much more i want to say serious thing right what about now that you're older what are some of the traditions that you're you and your female friends continue or have created um well that's a good question. I am not a very traditional person. I don't have a lot of traditions. I mean, I think the most traditional thing I do what is about bride, shape. bridesmaid parties. Ah, yeah. Ooh, look at you being smart. Yeah. <laughs> Every once in a while. Every once in a while. Yeah, I mean, there are still some traditions that 
keep going for females. There's the bridesmaids parties, there's the bridal showers, there's baby showers, yep. there's gender reveal parties, there's... Oh, wait a minute. Gender reveal parties. Gender reveal parties. So that's something brand new. That's a new tradition that's popping up. Yeah, that's... It's crazy. Um, to the length, the lengths that people will go to for, for, you know, a gender reveal. So let's, for those of you who may not know what a gender reveal party is, let's explain it for a second. So, uh, what do you see as a gender, what do you know of, of gender reveal parties? Well, a gender reveal party is usually a co-ed, co-ed? Co-ed. That's what it's called. Like when it's men and women, right? Correct. Okay, just want to make sure, because I thought there was something to... Anyway, it's a co-ed party yep. for both the mom and the dad and their collective friends and okay. family. Could be... Let's just... Yeah, let's say it's Could be it's the, a parent, the parents. Right, the parents. The expecting parents. Correct. The gender reveal party is kind of like a baby shower for them, but it's more about... Guess what the gender is going to be, or we're going to play games. And so, so somewhere the the at the, some point the, the gender of the, the baby woman revealed with to, the child in yes. her belly goes into the doctor, gets an ultrasound. They figure out what the gender is. The doctor takes it, puts it in an envelope, hands it to the parents. If they decide they want, they don't want to know at that moment. Right, and then there's a celebration built around. Revealing what's in the envelope. Yes. Okay. Um, usually the envelope is given to a female friend. Or a friend. Or a friend. And they are the holders of the knowledge. <laughs> They're the ones that decide how it's gonna, like, so going to... So they know what the gender is. They can plan the party around it because yes. usually it's a, a blue or a pink reveal for the genders, right? Yeah. I think that's starting to change now, though, since... You know, people are starting so, to not be so, like, gender conscious. I don't know. Well, okay, but that's, you know, again, blue for boys, pink for girls is a tradition, I think. Yeah, it is. Right, so it's interesting that that's all evolving, right? And that's all evolving in a, in a very rapid fashion. Um, and I see a number of traditions evolving in a very rapid fashion I have as a well. question for you. Sure. No Shave November, was that a thing when you were younger? Nope. Came into existence probably like what three, four years ago. Actually, it's been a while. Uh, I think it's been maybe my awareness has been within the last three. I or four think years. it's been like for at least I want to say maybe six. Okay. But for those of you that do not know what No Shave November is, it during the month of November, um, men and women do not shave. They don't shave their legs or armpits. They don't shave anything, and the. Um, Point of it is to bring awareness to cancer patients. I believe testicular cancer for men. I believe so, and I cannot remember if there's a specific cancer for women. Uh, maybe ovarian cancer. I don't know. I, I, I believe it's a reproductive thing. I could be wrong there. Right. Um, but. Well, I think it's supposed to one kind of like make you more aware of. I I can't remember for sure. I know it has something to do with um, showing solidarity for cancer. Right. But that's a newer tradition, and I partake in it. So uh, looking it up here on, on the, the interweb, uh, it says, No Shave November is a month-long journey during which participants forego shaving and grooming in order to evoke conversation and raise cancer awareness, learn more about... Okay, so it's just about cancer awareness. Mm-hmm, because chemo, a lot of the times, will make you lose your hair. Right. 
ah, that's uh, great. So it's just about general cancer. Uh, some of the ones that, that, that they talk about in particular are prostate um, and, yeah, testicular. Uh, but, again, I think it's just around cancer awareness. So that's a tradition, right? And I think that uh, since 2004, that tradition has been in effect. Oh, wow, it's been 15 yeah. years. So, again, it's one of those things that traditions start small, and they grow and they grow and they grow and they spread. Um, and I think that... Uh, yeah, again, we're we're seeing a lot more of that, and I wonder if it's because you know there's more connectivity between people, and traditions can spread faster, uh, or that there's a willingness to talk more openly about things that are important, and mm-hmm. so we build traditions around those. I don't know. For it, me, um, I'm gonna kind of try and circle this back. I think some of the reasons that traditions are changing and more traditions are being created is because traditions i would say in general have to do with things that are important to people right and i think that yes we are becoming more aware of things that are important to people or we're becoming more sympathetic like we are more willing to talk about certain things and now that things are on the open we want to create traditions around that thing so that we don't take things for granted or we don't forget. Right. I also think it brings some um, legitimacy to it, right? Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, it's a way to enact social change uh, and change norms through tradition. So, hey, we would love to hear what some of your traditions are and uh, what traditions, new traditions you're seeing uh, in your life and in your friends and in your family and in your society. So we invite you to come join the conversation on our Facebook page. That's uh, Gen Gap Cast on Facebook. Uh, we also have a website, www.gengapcast.com, where you can uh, you know, submit an email to us. We'd love to hear from you on upcoming episodes. We'll be reading uh, listener mail and listener comments. Uh, you can also find us wherever you find your podcasts. And if you would... Go to iTunes, uh, leave a review and a five-star rating for us. Anything else, Meg? Nope, that sounds like you pretty much got it. I, I kind of dominated that, didn't I? That's yeah. my tradition. Your tradition. <laughs> yes, as a white man. Thank you. You're welcome. Yes, yeah. So one of our other traditions is I'm Wade, I'm the dad. I'm Megan, I'm the daughter. We love you all. Thank you for listening. <laughs> Thank you.